get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian, and we are Where is the Rulebook? And we bring you a weekly board game walkthrough. During Season 1, we'll be focusing on introductory games that everyone should know and allow you to step into the world that is board games. During today's episode, we'll give you basic details of the game, what you need to know to set it up, what the turns look like. We'll also walk you through what makes the game come to a finish. And at the end, we'll talk about our experiences and how to win and if we recommend this game. For today's game, we are developing the land around a famous French city of the Middle Ages. Let's build today's game of Carcassonne. On the box, this game takes 30 to 45 minutes. The number of players is 2 to 5. And I think it's the first time that we found this one. It's best with 2, so this is going to be the best when we play it later. And Carcassonne can be classified as a tile placement and area management game. Now, where's the rulebook? When you open the box, you're going to find our rulebook. You're going to find one player aid, 72 land tiles, with the starting tile with a different color back. However, most games that you can buy today have the river expansion already included. You'll find all those tiles also. You will find 40 meeples in five different colors and one scoreboard. To set up the game, you're going to start by placing the starting tile face up in the center of the table. Remember, the starting tile is doted by the darker background. You'll shuffle the rest of the tiles and you'll put them face down in stacks so that each player can grab one at a time. If you are playing with the river expansion, you must play the river tile first, the starting river tile. And all the river tiles. And there's only one rule when you play with the river tiles, and that is you must make sure you never have the river bend in the same direction two times in a row. You'll place a scorecard on the side of the table, and each player grabs the eight meeples of their choosing color, placing one on the scorecard, denoting zero and the rest in front of them. Everyone's turn will be basically the exact same in this game. The first thing you need to do is draw a tile from the pile. If there are river tiles left, you draw those ones first. And then you have to place the tile. Once you place the tile, you have the option to put one meeple on that tile that you just played. That meeple is either going to be a knight, a thief, a monk, or a farmer. And the last thing you do on your turn is score points. Talking about the actions, so when you draw the tile from the top of the pile, you actually reveal it to all the players. And players are allowed to help you if they wish, but there's really no benefit. I can try to convince you, That's true. I guess. You don't have to listen to me, but you do have to show it to me. When you place the tile, they're just little squares. It must share at least one border with another tile on the board. You can't go diagonal. They have to be adjacent. And new tiles must continue previous fields, cities, or roads. You can't just have random cutoffs on the pictures. It is unlikely, but if all players agree the new tile is unplayable, you can draw a new tile and start over and return the old tile to the box. And for that second action of placing the meeple, if you do to place the meeple, like I said, you get to only place one per turn, and you can only play as many meeples as you have in front of you. You can't take one off of the board and replay it later. So you only have seven to work with throughout the whole game. You do get them back later throughout the game too, though. And when you have placed it, you have to declare what kind of meeple it is. So if you are placing a meeple on a road, that meeple is a thief. If you're going to place a meeple inside of a city, it's a knight. If it's on a monastery, it's a monk. 
And the last one is a farmer. This is actually the only time that you will lay the meeple down flat on the board and you place them in a farm. Or I, should, I guess in the grass. They're not farms yet. The part that makes the game tricky is that you can't place a meeple on the item that's already claimed by another player or even by you. Um, it is okay to claim an item that does not connect yet, but most likely will. Um, but if it's already connected, you can't play your meeple there. And the last thing you do in your turn is score points. Scoring points happens when you complete a road, city, or monastery. And anytime you complete one of those, you return the meeple on the tile. To complete a road is when both ends of the roads are connected to a crossroad, city, monastery, or the road loop ends in itself. The player with a thief, which would be on the road, is put back into their hand and scored one point per tile of that road segment. And if you complete a city in your turn, the completed city, all of the walls and all the pieces inside the walls have to be played, so there's no missing parts of the tiles. And for a knight that you might have in that city, you get two points for every tile that is part of the city. And there's also banners on a few of the city cards, and you get two additional points for every banner that's in that city once it's completed. It is possible for a player to place a meeple on the same road or city as another player. When this item is completed, the player with the most meeples in that completed road or city in those tiles gets the points. In the event of a tie, both players receive the points. And to be able to play that meeple on the same it can't be connected when you play that meeple. So once it's completed, you may have more than one on it. And the last things that you might score for your turn will be a completed monastery. A monastery will be complete when there's a full three by three square with the monastery in the center and your monk in the monastery that's in the center. And you get one point for each tile, so you get nine points for a completed monastery. It also is possible for a player to place a meeple and score the points for that meeple in the same turn. But you have to have a meeple available to place to achieve this. And you may have noticed that we didn't talk about the farms. Uh, farm scoring actually happens at the end of the game. So why is this important? This means anytime you place a meeple on a farm on its side, you actually don't get it back until the end of the game. So it's th it stays there permanently. Same rules apply. You can't place a farmer if someone else already has that field claimed. The game ends when the last tile is played from the stack, and then final scoring happens. At this point, you will score incomplete roads, cities, and monasteries. For each incomplete item, you receive one point for each tile that is connected to your meeple. You also only get one point for each banner in the city you are in. And in case of a tie, it's the same rules as before. And now this is the first time that we get to score our farmers. So the farmers are in the fields. They're laying down in the grass. And they get three points for every completed city that grass touches. Just like before, you share the points. You get the same number. If someone has more, they get all the points themselves. And after all the scoring, the player with the most points wins. If there is a tie... It states in the rule book that you better play another game to decide who the winner is. I love that. It's like <laughs> my favorite end game rule. It's so good. Now let's play a few turns for ourselves. The rule book doesn't give you who goes first. 
it just says decide amongst yourselves. If you can't decide, the youngest player goes first. Uh, but for me and you, I think we just decided that I would go first. We are playing the river expansion. So I go ahead and draw some rivers. I place a tile and I'm gonna go ahead and place my first thief. I'll draw another one. And I have a river surrounded by two city walls, which I'll place on the map connecting the river because you have to and I'll place my meeple in the south city wall might as well I just have a river's bend with some grassland on it I'm not going to place a farmer this early in the game so that's my turn <laughs> and uh, I actually have the river with a castle entrance with a road which is unfortunate because I'd like to complete that city get some easy points but I have to finish the river so I will do it this way to make it so that if I happen to get a city later on, get myself a nice little uh, bonus establishment. Are you going to place another meeple in that city? I'm not going to, because at this point, I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> so I'll draw. I got another super boring one. <laughs> Just a straight river and some more grass. <laughs> and let me see that city. Oh. Um, I'll, uh, I'll create a bend going the opposite way so that I can get my city later. And I get a monastery, and I'm definitely going to use one of my meeples on that. <sighs> That's a, a nice one to get. And we're almost out of the rivers, and here's a straight river I'll place at the other end. And I have another river bend with some castle going on, some cities. You going to take that castle? I have two meeples. Yeah, I might as well. I love, ca I love cities and castles. I have a little drawbridge road. And a river again. This is the second to last one. It's going to make my city and smaller than I wanted it to be. I'm thinking I'll place my meeple on the grass. Only because... What side of the road? North or south side? The side with my castle. Yeah. Because I'm anticipating that it's going to be completed. I want to get some easy points later. And I get to place the last river, which is just a lake for the most part. And I'm not going to place a meeple there. And that's the end of the river expansion. And now we get to place our new tiles anywhere around this that connect. So uh, it's my turn. So we draw from the new stack, which is all the random tiles. And I got, hey, the corner city I wanted. <laughs> so I'm going to use this to make a very awkward sized city. But I get my points. So I complete this. So six points, right? Yep. There's three tiles with cities. And I get two for each one completed. So I get my meeple back, like I said. And I move my meeple in the scorecard up to six. So I'm going to do one of the instant. I got a intersection pretty much. And I'm going to place it pretty much going into your uh, city that you just completed. Place my meeple right on that road and, get and instantly get two, two points, points and my meeple back. It's a really nice placement because your monastery also has a road. It's true. It's pretty smart. <laughs> Maybe I can claim that road. Because I don't think you're going to play that road there for me. I don't want to because your monastery is nine points. I'll take the... Uh, so I have, in the very beginning, we played a, the two-sided castle on the river. And I got two edge walls. I'm going to play it up here next to this other castle. Put my meeple in the center and immediately get four points. Bringing me to ten. I got the big city with a little bit of grass. Oh my gosh, your city is huge already. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and place it over here, kind of by where you have that road. So I think that going anywhere south is going to be confusing there. That's going to be a lot of points. Castle and road. So let's see. I could place this. I don't want to place it by you. But I think I will. I'm going to place my meeple on the city. 
putting it on the road south of yours. Just in the off chance that those connect, I can I can fight for some power. <laughs> yeah, so this is one of the times that we potentially might end up in the same city. Uh, it's playable because we're not in the same city today. Right. There's no connecting wall. Yeah. And my next piece actually makes it so our walls won't connect. Uh, you don't know. I could go all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> so we go ahead and do that. And I'm going to place on that south city. get risky and throw a farmer right there. That's pretty smart because there's going to be a lot of completed cities. There's a right bunch there. of potentially small cities going on. This is like a weird suburb. <laughs> a lot of kingdoms touching. Uh, and I'll draw. Oh, and I have a, a nice one that even has the a flag on it. So this is one of those times where I think I was going to say I could probably make it happen. I'm going to put my meeple on the city again and put it right there next to the other one just because I think I can wrap around. You can't place another one there because you're already in there. Oh, yep, you're right. I'll so place... you can place a tile there or you can place it over here. Nope, I'll place the tile there. Yep. That city also has a banner, so if you do complete it, you're getting some bonus points. Yeah, it's two points per. And it also helps keep my uh, farmer in check, too, because now I can't go anymore That's south. True, I cut you off. But I have oh. a tiny little city, which I'm <laughs> going to gladly place right there for four points and yep. get my meeple back instantly. And as you have probably noticed so far, that this is the whole game. We go back and forth and playing tiles and cutting each other off and adding points yeah board game gate says it's best with two i think it's just because of the speed of it it starts getting a little slower if you have five <laughs> players playing this game but the game plays the same it doesn't nothing's different what i like about two player is it's a lot more methodical because now i'm, I'm just fighting you so we're just like I, like we just did with that little castle gameplay. We just started cutting each other off. Yeah. With five people, you really can't have a strategy because by the time you place a tile, you have four more tiles going down. So you really don't have a strategy. I think everyone just kind of isolates themselves when you have more people. You don't try to fight for cities and roads. You just take whatever you can. You just kind of isolate into one of the corners and you just Build. stay there. What do you? Uh, how do you focus on winning? So currently, you are winning uh, ten to six. A lot of game left. I have some a big city that I'm building, but currently you're winning. But how do you plan to stay winning? So what I like about Carcassonne so much is that you can start with an idea and build upon it, right? It's like anything. You start with something small. So I placed my guy down there on the field knowing that eventually, oh, I want to complete that city. And this is a big field that eventually, I'm with no roads, no rivers, connecting or crossing it and cutting me off it's it's plays like that i try to play for the long game sometimes the short game ends up working out where i get an instant six points and it doesn't hurt especially when uh it's so early yeah I, I love the early the quick points early for sure but as the game goes on uh it starts getting harder to place tiles yeah how many farmers do you try to get throughout the game two usually two both three. early like this no, one i get one early uh, this just happened to work out because of how clean it was. Yeah. Uh, like yours, you have one tile or two now, uh, but mine has like, what, six? Yeah, so it's... But potentially, I already have nine points. It's true. It's true. And you might only have that one city, which so... But that's what I like, yeah. is that there's there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of 
planning you can do, but there's so much sabotage. Yeah. It's a really fun... It, I can see why two players is the way to play. Yeah. But uh, what about you? What is your strategy? I think the same thing. I go for giant cities. <laughs> I just love... I can tell. <laughs> I already, like I said, I already have one that's worth, you know, eight points soon. Yeah. Um, so I go, I go for a big city, one big city. I should state that. I don't like having multiple going. So one big city. And I try to have a farmer pretty early on, kind of like we both did this game, just to kind of, we'll see what happens, farmer. It still gives me six meeples to play with through the rest of the game. And when we start getting down towards the end, I will play sometimes two or three farmers towards the end of the game, just because... I'm not too worried about single points on the roads anymore. At the end of the game, we're not going to complete another city, but if I can somehow snake myself in with a farmer, I'm going to do that. And it's easier to connect farmland and grass than it is to connect a city. Um, So sometimes at the end, I have three, four farmers, but it's all about how the board plays. Yeah, but I've met people who, like, never play the farmer. I've met people who just play roads or cities, and they never do bad. I, I... yeah, I don't think there's a wrong strategy. I think it's just one has the quick payout, like we mentioned, and one is like kind of hoping. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, this farmer that you played could score you so many points, but it might also score you three, which you scored more from just that one city. And we were we were kind of talking a little before this, and you mentioned that you had one one gripe that you that you wish was different. It's all come down to the end of game scoring for me. So I think they did it right with the monastery. You get one point for each tile that is in your nine square that you should have. And you get, I think they did even better in the city that you only get one point for uncompleted cities and one point for banners compared to two points. I just don't know what I would have done with the roads. I don't like that you get the same number of points technically. For an incomplete road. For incomplete roads. Worth one point for every tile just like it is when you complete it. So like, I don't know if I wish there was a completed road bonus. Like if you complete it, you get one point for each tile plus a bonus point. I don't know what I would have changed, but that's my only issue. And I don't change it when we play. I just that's my one thing I don't like about it. I don't think I have any anything I would change. It is interesting to note that we both learned before this that there is a starting tile for the river. Yeah, the interesting thing is that you take the starting tile from the game and you put it back in the box and you use the river instead. And I, like I was telling you, I don't think I've ever put that one back in the box. It just goes in the stack and we just play with it later. (laughs) Exactly. There's a bunch of expansions. It doesn't change really the game. It just adds additional scoring elements, princesses and dragons. This one comes with the river. And I don't think you can buy it today unless you buy it third party I've never i don't seen think you can buy it without the river. the river these days and just the base game with the river you can get it for about 40 bucks it's been on sale i've it's been on sale i've seen it for like 20 yeah uh, in that range uh but i still think at 40 it's probably priced pretty fairly i love games with meeples yeah i think it's the perfect Hence our logo <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh they're all they're wooden right it's not even plastic they're yeah. nice they're nice, good figures. I love the tiles. I like that each one is art, right? It's something to look at. They're very distinct, too. So you know exactly what you're looking at when you see a tile. You're never like, uh, is, wait, is that a river? Yeah. <laughs> There's not much organization for the box, but it's kind of hard when all you have is 70 tiles. 
That's why one of my only one of my gripes in the box is for both of us, we do tend to, you know, camp or travel. So I would like this if I could have a smaller form factor of this mm. box so I could take it in my backpack because you don't need there's not a whole lot of scoring. You don't even need the scoreboard technically. You could keep track on a piece of paper. So you wouldn't even need that tile. So it's just the box is big for what it is. There's a lot of empty space. But maybe that's so you can add the tiles for the expansions that's true. and have it all in the same box. There's a lot of empty space in yeah. the bottom. <laughs> Question is, would you recommend this game? I do. That I think we talked about in Catan that that was like the first game that I bought for my dad when he first started board gaming. Um, and I think this is the first game that we brought over to his house to play with him. It's just such a good game. It's simple and complex. It's quick. It's, there's not a whole lot to it. I think the farming scoring is the hardest thing to wrap your mind around, but the rule book does a great job with like multiple examples with like the blue meeple gets this many points. The yellow meeple gets this many points. It's just a really good game and it's best with two players. So a lot of times my wife and I will play this just together and it's loads of fun. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Cause uh, my wife loves Carcassonne and it's cause it's not really complicated. Like, sure, you can make it as complicated as you want, but to her, it's just a fun tile-placing game, and you add points up. And I don't know if you remember this, but this is a, a fun little anecdote. When we first met four years ago, we actually hung out and played a board game. This was the first board game we played. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Did I bring it? Yeah. Because you brought a couple board games, sure. and we, we played some other ones that uh, we'll talk about later. Yeah. But uh, the first one, because we I remember there was a couple of us, and I was like, I don't really care what we play. And I think it's a great game to start with because it kind of like... It's fast-paced. It's fast-paced, and you kind of can see the level of the person you're playing with because I think anyone can play with this game. Yeah. Which which would makes it great. It doesn't surprise me that I would have, you know, told you to play this game. I think I've told you to play a lot of games. <laughs> um, and you've told me to play quite a bit too, but I think it doesn't surprise me I did that, but I totally do not remember. I remember playing board games when we first met, but yeah. I don't remember this one being the first game. It was the first, but yeah, I think, it, I think it's a great game. So I'm on the same boat. I highly recommend it. I think this is a good staple. I think this is a great game that you can play with family, with friends, uh, with significant others, younger audiences. This is in my opinion, like the quintessential, like all around. It's not hard to play. It's definitely a pick-me-up. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed today's game walkthrough, and we both agree this is a must-have. So if it's been a while, which I sure hope it hasn't, please grab this off your shelf and play it again soon. For upcoming episodes, we'll be opening the rule book on Dominion, and then getting into the Halloween spirit, we'll be opening up Mysterium. Check back every Wednesday for new episodes. You can always find our page on Instagram at instagram.com slash where is the rule book or email us at where is the rule book at gmail.com if you're in northern michigan please join us at tc paintball on sunday october 24th we'll be hosting our second game day from one o'clock to five o'clock where we'll be introducing guiding playing mysterium and any of the other games that we've covered this game and many others will be available to purchase during the event if you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This episode is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball 
airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community for all of us to enjoy our hobbies. But all these games either belong to one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off featured board games each month just by mentioning to the cashier where is the rule book to receive the discount at the register local to TC Paintball. And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song. Again, if you're in the Northern Michigan area, come play games with us at TC Paintball or at least stop in and see them for your next board game purchase. And if you love the theme song as much as us, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.